Awardist, the podcast from Entertainment Weekly that takes you inside this year's Emmy race with interviews, analysis, and more. Hi, I'm Sarah Rodman, Executive Editor at Entertainment Weekly. And I'm Kristen Baldwin, TV critic at Entertainment Weekly. And how'd you enjoy the Emmys, everybody? Was it good for you? I thought it was such a wonderful effort and really very nice. I mean, I couldn't believe how how good it looked. It looked beautiful. It sounded great, even though there was like fluctuation in terms of like the winner's setups or whatever. Right. But like, I really did feel like a suffusion of warmth towards the producers to be like, good job. Yeah. Not because it was perfect or not because it was the most entertaining, but because like they tried so hard and they accomplished so much. And I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. Yeah. 140 different setups all over the world. It was very beautifully produced in terms of like there were taped segments that were very nice. And like I loved some of the out and about segments like the essential workers, you know. That was the best part. I I absolutely loved that. Everyone from the UPS driver to doctors and nurses and the truck driver who finally referred to herself as a lady truck driver, which was (laughs) cracking me up. I'm like, you're just a truck driver. It's okay. And they were so excited to be a part of it. And I feel like this is the way that we should be celebrating on a night that we all sort of, even in the best of times, think is, you know, faintly masturbatory. It's lovely in this time of difficulty to, to celebrate these people and have them do something that actually seemed fun for them. Yes. There were actually even more uh, celebrities in the Staples Center than I expected. You know, like we knew that Jimmy Kimmel was going to be there, you know, sort of hosting by himself to to an empty audience, except for Jason Bateman, who was very good as a cardboard right. cutout in the beginning. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. But then I didn't realize like how many, you know, individually would come in and do a presentation, you know, from the stage at a at a safe distance. Right. I didn't realize anybody was going to do that. Yeah. And I will say, though, the one time I got somewhat uncomfortable was how close he and Anthony Anderson yes. were to each other. Yes, they were quite close. I mean, they made a joke out of it. The first woman who came out, you know, Jennifer Aniston, and she's he was 60 feet away from her and they made that joke. But yeah, then he was quite close to Anthony Anderson. And that was actually the other calculus that was happening in my mind. There were clearly like viewing parties happening, you know, among the nominees, uh, both with Schitt's Creek, which, as we'll talk about, you know, had a had a very good night where people sort of started out distant and then and then we're making out by the end. (laughs) They're taking their masks off and they're hugging. And and Damon Lindelof, when Watchmen, another show that had a a big night at one point, he said, you know, because there's a big group of people, including our former colleague, Jeff Jensen, crowded together. um, He's like, we've all been tested, you know, because that was right, stressing exactly. me out. That was stressing me out watching no, these. It was super funny because, yeah. of course, they opened the show with these old, old footage of audiences. Jimmy comes out and starts his monologue and they do cutaways to the audience. And I uh, was reading in the L.A. Times this morning. It's so funny. They did a thing with Nicholas Braun where they checked in Cousin Greg all night long. And he was like, I was at home watching the show and the first cutaway was to me. And I was so confused. <laughs> He's like, but I'm here. So I actually thought that went on far too long. And I was so sure that like we were going to see a person that's now dead in the audience. (laughs) 
Like I was like both excited and nervous that that was going to happen. But just as like my fear reached its crescendo, he then stopped and explained the bit. But I thought that went on way too long. Yeah, I was starting to worry that that was going to kind of be the bit for the whole night, you know, that just as they've done with baseball, you know, piping in the crowd noise or whatever, that they were going to kind of do this because they did a very good job finding laughs and sort of oohs and ahs that matched the jokes. But then, of course, he saw a cutaway. Jimmy saw a cutaway to himself. And, and, you know, had this, cl- this clarity <laughs> moment of like, wait a minute, no one's here. It's just me talking to myself. It definitely it got to a point where I was a little like, eh, we need to stop this. But they did. Yes, thank goodness. And I thought overall that Kimball did a great job. Yeah. He ended up having to do so much more heavy lifting than a host of these shows normally does. Like Absolutely. He gave away a bunch of the awards himself, but was charming and light and easy on his feet the entire time. I mean, and again, so much kudos to the producers, because if there had been more technical problems as smooth as Jimmy is, that may not have been the case. Right. So I, right. I mean, I find him charming anyway, but I thought he was great last night. I, I agree. And I think he, he had the right tone in his opening in that, you know, like, look, we know there are a lot more important and serious and scary things going on in the world right now but we also know that we you know could all use a little fun and some laughs and let's just try to do the best that we can initially the first half of the night or first hour maybe was all Shit's creek and so i was getting kind of bummed out that we weren't getting to see as many insides of celebrities yes, homes exactly <laughs> we uh, we just kept going back to that great like it looked like a wedding basically they yeah. were all in a tent in canada which was like so heartwarming and pure and joyful. But from a TV perspective, it started to get kind of boring. Yeah, let's set aside that I don't understand the Shit's Creek of it all. And I'm really hoping that we can finally just stop talking about Shit's Creek now. Um, you know, congrats. <laughs> the Levy family seems lovely. Catherine O'Hara is a national treasure. But yes, it just kept happening over and over. And even, you know, I think that's why Daniel Levy made that joke. You know, the internet's going to turn on me any second now because... It and was, they did. Yeah. And Which is like such a disheartening thing about the internet in general. But I love that people are so self-aware now because it was literally maybe two minutes later that the internet, in fact, did turn on Daniel Levy, by the way. Levy, my apologies. Tracy Ellis Ross did the same last thing last night. And she was so excited, too. Like, she seemed legitimately happy for their win. But she said Levy. And I was like, oh, no. It's funny because we know that it's Eugene Levy. But for, <laughs> for some, some reason, reason, who we knows? We all say Daniel Levy. Yeah. <laughs> But so that, you know, because they went through the in genre. So after we got past the comedy wave, you know, we did get to see more people's homes, you know, or their parties. Uh, there were hotel rooms. There were people just on their couch. At one point, I feel like somebody was sitting on his floor, you know, it, yeah. just, it was we nice. We need to talk about Jesse Armstrong's house because yes. I'm not here to shade or judge anyone's home because thankfully no one is beaming into mine. But this was the executive producer, writer of Succession, who uh, he's British. He had two people to his left and two people to his right sitting behind him on like floral print couches in front of like lined curtains on a carpet. It was like he was in the Twin Peaks room. (laughs) Do we think that maybe that was a hotel? It's possible. And also, why were they like there were no masks? 
And yet they were clearly like socially distancing on the couch. So maybe it's because they wanted us to see them smiling. But I became obsessed with that room (laughs) because it was just like the busiest thing I have ever seen in my life. Like it was like both unsettling and hilarious. And I feel like if that's not his actual house or like, I mean, it looked like a grandma house where like different things had been purchased over the years that just didn't go together at all. It was like susical almost. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I do appreciate that we were able to have these types of random details to obsess over. Uh, you know, we haven't seen any new television in quite a while, you know, things that have been produced now, as Jimmy Kimmel pointed out in his interview with you. So it's nice to, we appreciate again, the producers being able to give us a little window into how other people are quarantining, you know? Right. And how they're coordinating it. Now let's talk a little bit about amazing reactions. I feel like Uzo Adubo is near the top where she was like, mom, I won. It was so (laughs) cute. I loved it. I loved it. It's so adorable. And like, I was really happy for her, too. That was one of the ones. There were a few winners that was sort of outside of the prescribed succession watchman Shit's Creek box last night. And she was one of them. Zendaya was just so adorable, exuberant, charming. And her family was so happy. It was so cute. And that's an interesting question. Uh, You know, we talked a lot about that category, obviously, and it really did seem like, you know, People were leaning toward, uh, or the prevailing wisdom was Jennifer Aniston. But it is interesting. Zendaya came out of nowhere. That was probably the the true upset, which you know. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise of the night. And then I would say Billy Crudup um, for the morning show was the biggest surprise after that. And I think there was some vote splitting in that That's what I was going to say. I do wonder with that, I think the succession bros, you know, kind of split the vote. And then, you know, he had the edge. He gave a performance for sure. He it was, was very he, uh, engaging. It yes, was very he, captivating. Whether you liked it or not yeah. was sort of irrelevant to how magnetic it was. But yeah, I do exactly. think that if Brian Cox had been in that category instead of the lead category, That's a good he would have won it. Yeah. Even with vote splitting. I do think Jeremy Strong, I mean, he does give a great performance. And I think that finale, that mm-hmm. final press conference in the in the season two finale is just so good that it's hard to deny that, you know, um, as much as Brian Cox is just incredible. But, you know, that was sweet to see his reaction and his he loves a he loves like a like a bow. Like and a like neckerchief a, a situation. Neckerchief of, yeah. He a loved, cravat, perhaps. A cravat, if you will. Yeah. He 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 makes some choices with his uh, menswear, and I applaud that. I liked when Succession won, too. Also, one of my other favorite reactions was Kieran Culkin actually slapped his hands to his face like Macaulay Culkin <laughs> in Home Alone. And I'm sure that wasn't on purpose. I think he was, like, just legitimately just, yeah, surprised. Yeah. But it was sort of adorable. It and, of course, Sarah hilarious. Snook had a tinfoil Emmy that she had fashioned, yeah. which actually was quite well done really good like the globe was quite impressive so yeah you know i don't know if she made it or somebody in her household made it but i was quite uh, because when you win the cast doesn't get an emmy for best show right like that's just producers it's just the producers exactly so So she um, wouldn't have gotten one anyway but now i just came up with a word origami (laughs) origami (laughs) look at that that's what it was it was origami 
next next year, God willing, there should be a company that makes origami like uh, table settings or something uh, at the governor's ball. Exactly. In honor of Sarah. So to go back to the winners for a second, obviously, Schitt's Creek was the big winner, the only winner, in fact, in (laughs) comedy. In comedy. They swept, uh, I believe it was seven categories. Succession was the big winner in drama which we are 100% behind. Yep. Watchmen was the uh, big winner in limited series, which we are definitely behind. I was, I, as much as it was so fun to see Uzo Oduba, and I really do think she was so great in Mrs. Mm-hmm. America. I know we are both sad that Jean Smart did not win in right. that category for Watchmen. It just didn't carry over. But I'm telling you, Uzo Oduba played the hell out of Shirley Chisholm on she that did. show. She was so good. And she gives a nice acceptance speech. She's always uh, so full of joy. And Zendaya, you know, as much as I would have loved to see it go to Jennifer Aniston, it's also just like, who doesn't love a surprise? You know, a nice surprise. And she told us that young people are the future. Yes, God willing. For the future, as did, I mean, I feel the same way about Julia Garner, who I was actually a little surprised to see win for Ozark, even though she is wonderful on the show and beloved by the people who watch the show and won last year. So, I mean... Good for her. Yeah. And her husband was rocking quite the robe. Yes. And she had a great flapper ensemble on. She really did. She, it was like a theme night situation happening there. But I I did love seeing people like get all dressed up and sit on their couch. Like I thought that was really sweet. And mm-hmm. because right now in this time, you know, if I manage to put on mascara, it's like a really big deal. Right. So, Stop the presses. I'm wearing a bra. Yeah. So I do. Which, think... by the way, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, please do not report us to HR. <laughs> Noah's our producer. But I do like the idea of like, you know, they should be able to celebrate a little bit and get dolled up in their finery. You know, I have to say, Sarah, I don't understand this. It seems like a relatively new trend of trying to have like a DJ at these award shows. I feel like this is another time that there was a young man named D nice, uh, who was like DJing. I like that. You're calling him a young man named D nice. <laughs> so you know who D nice is, right? All I know is it makes me think of the key and peel sketch with the substitute teacher. <laughs> a, a Ron. <laughs> Balake, <laughs> D Nice, my favorite. So no, D Nice, because I know you're so you know hooked into the hip hop no, situation. I'm not hip hop. At the beginning of the lockdown, D Nice basically started the Instagram live oh, culture. Right. Like yes, he did the yes, dance yes. parties, and like the Obamas showed up, and it was like yeah. f- five hundred thousand people at the D Nice dance parties. Okay, so I think it was that was the idea. D Nice like... has been part of your quarantine all this time. Yes, let us bring him into this. I was actually surprised we didn't see Sarah Cooper. I thought we were going to see some of the sort of quarantine all stars. Oh right, show, yeah, Leslie Jordan or that kind of thing. Right, there was a fun sort of segment montage of what celebrity uh, celebrities have been doing in their quarantine and like Tatiana Maslany was making toilet wine and stuff like that you know? and Margot Martindale was quote gardening but actually just drinking a bottle of tequila in her yes, garden exactly. which I think like may have been my favorite wine like uh, 
And Brian Cranston did a bit with all of his Emmys. Yes. Pretending to be like an exercise instructor holding up a ball. Yes, that was that was pretty fantastic. They picked all the right people for that they montage. Did. Ty Burrell. Bob Odenkirk living in his garden shed to get right. away from his family. That was quite good. And Bob Odenkirk being a good sport, not God being bless. nominated for an Emmy this year, but being a good sport and being part of that Although, montage. Although, who knows when he filmed that? He may have filmed that in advance. <laughs> True. Prior to nominations, but I think he's probably still a good sport because he is a lovely man as we've interviewed him here. But yeah, so there were just a couple things that like didn't quite work for me. But overall, it was just I remember Reginald Hudland, who is one of the producers, he had said in an interview he didn't want to make the Zoomies. You know, we're making the Emmys. This isn't the Zoomies. And it absolutely looked, you know, obviously some people were Skyping in or whatever, but it absolutely looked really beautifully produced for all the challenges that they had. And uh, there were some really funny bits. And even in your regular Emmys, there are bits that land and there are bits that flop. And it's just kind of the way it is. Absolutely. I personally loved Randall Park with the alpaca when it was like (laughs) nibbling his jacket. (laughs) We always enjoy the animal comedy, even when it goes, actually, especially when it goes awry. A hundred percent. That is the best stuff. Laverne Cox, like going off script and being like, I'm here and I wasn't even nominated. Yeah, exactly. She she looked great, great, by the way. She She, looked gorgeous. That outfit was incredible. I don't know about the Sterling K. Brown bit at the end where he was pretending like This Is Us had won right. for Best Drama. Wait, we weren't even nominated? Again, there were a couple of things like Saturday Night Lifestyle that went on just a little too yeah. long. Yeah. But again, the fact that they pulled it off at Incredible. all. And a little bit of, I feel like it was a good balance of us having some normalcy, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a thing that we expect every year having some elements be just as they would have been, whether it was virtual or not. And then having this extra distraction of, you know, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow and Jason Bateman all being at Jennifer Aniston's house. That was another one where I was like, has everyone been tested? I feel like that's... Well, you know, you know, Lisa and Courtney must be part of their quarantine bubble. And Bateman's one of her best friends. Bateman, Aniston and Kimmel are really close friends. We feel like they've been quarantining together and nobody's nobody's running a risk for that bit. Well, also, I think everybody that had to be with the Staples Center aspect of it. Yeah, because, you know, Juliana Rancic yesterday from E! News had to step back from hosting the sort of quote unquote red carpet because she got she tested positive, as did Vivica A. Fox. And so I'm guessing that everybody who was involved probably got tested. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Maybe in two weeks, there's going to be like an Emmy outbreak. You know, stay <laughs> super, tuned. Super spreader event from the <laughs> Staples Center, as as limited as it was. I hope that this is uh, the last time we ever have to see an award show like this. But God forbid, if we're still in quarantine times for the Oscars, I think they should hire the uh, same producers. Yeah, I think they did a great job. And let us all knock wood and be hopeful that by the time of the next Emmys, we will be able to be meeting together in person. Yes, yes, God well, willing. I that is a wrap on our part of the Award Us podcast for this Emmy season. Soon you will be hearing our movie counterparts start talking about the Oscar and Golden Globe races. So do stay tuned for that. Until then, Kristen and I will still be on the couch. <laughs> on the couch. Probably wearing a bra. Maybe not. Probably not. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Season 5 of the Awardist Podcast was hosted by us, Sarah Rodman and Kristen Baldwin. It was executive produced by Shana Crockmall and Rachel King. Project managed by Matt Sav. Produced and edited by Noah Eberhardt. And mastered by Claire Mullen, Erica Wong, and Jacob Rosati. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to join the conversation, tweet at us. I'm at Kristen G. Baldwin, and you can find Sarah at Sarah A. Rodman. The Awardist isn't just a podcast. You can also find us across EW platforms on EW.com, in the magazine, and on social media, too. So if you want to binge more of The Awardist, you know where to find it. The Awardist podcast is produced by EW in partnership with Pod People. Pod People.